Well, Matt, I had a little uh, had a little gay dinner party. Oh, yes. I night. was invited. Somebody, forgot to show up. Yeah, somebody just forgot about it. Or or is just didn't want to come and is like, oh, it slipped my mind or whatever. Genuinely wanted to come, simply mm-hmm. woke up on Saturday and said, well, I had uh-huh. no, I was at home. Well, you know what you missed? What did I miss? Perfectly cooked chicken. Oh, don't tell me that you used oh, it. Yes, I did. I used the jewel sous vide. Oh, damn it. Oh, my God, was it ever good. I uh, I got a whole mess of chicken thighs, oh. sous vide them up, mm. did a little homemade uh, peanut sauce. Some, oh some cauliflower rice. All of that? All of that. Damn. Ugh. I really did miss it. It was really good. I it was really good. I had a uh, frozen pizza. Well. So. That's the I way it goes. Really that's the way it goes. By the way, we should shout out uh, our uh, homophiliac on our Facebook group who gave you your drag name, which is... <laughs> sous vide. Sous vide. I think that's pretty great. Nothing I think has that's ever pretty made great. me happier. It really... I am. I am pricing... Uh, enormous uh, high heel shoes right now, just so I can do it. Uh, Jules sous vide, the thing, not me on stage, mm-hmm. uh, uses precise temperature control. Uh, the trademark visual doneness guides will help you cook food exactly the way you want it mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. please a crowd that does not include Matt McConkie. <laughs> That's why they say Jewel, perfect food every time. That was, we were saying that over the table. With or without Matt McConkie. That's right. To get yours, visit chefsteps.com slash Jewel. Use the code homophilia to get 15 bucks off for a limited time. Chefsteps.com slash J-O-U-L-E code homophilia. Folks, welcome to Chomophilia. How do you like that? Oh, I How do you like that wordplay? Yeah. She's I incorporated here. the name of our guest, Margaret Cho, into the title of the podcast, which is Homophilia. Wow. What a get. Yeah. I mean, we're so excited. She's touring. She's hard to uh, she's hard to get. Yeah. But we got her. And she is a uh, she is an absolute delight. Yeah, this was a very dreamy conversation. Yeah. Uh, excited for everybody to hear it. Yeah, excited but for first. our show. Uh, yeah, next week, by the way, we're having Isis King. Oh man, model, actor, uh, designer, mm-hmm. oh, legend. What are we going to call that? Uh, I- Isis, homo, homo Isis. Homo, uh, we got we got a week to work on it. But first, where's my prez? Okay, here is your goddamn belated. Birthday prez. Oh my god! The ribbon just got a little loose. Okay. Oh, but there is a ribbon. Talk us through what you're. I think. Okay. Mark and Graham. Are you familiar with them? I am not familiar with them. There's a card. uh Going to open the card. Please. Uh, Dave, happy birthday! Please make me a drink. Love, Matt. Oh, spoiler! Well, this is exciting. This is something you probably already have and don't need. Can't return it. Sorry. Well, you know what. I, uh, if it's what I think it is, I don't, actually. Really? And so this really could not come at a better time. Folks, if you have a fetish for unwrapping noises, mm-hmm. then you're welcome. Because I'm giving them to you. A- ASMR? AMSR. Yeah, A-M-S-R. something like that. Yeah. Okay, here we go. We'll leave every hot, jam-packed second of this in. There we go. Okay. This, of course, is I'm a... not good at... I'm, I'm as good at unwrapping gifts as I am at wrapping them. You're doing so great. It is just utter carnage right now. Okay, here we go. Now there's a second layer. Now there's oh, tape God. involved. They really made this hard to open. Well, you know what? It, it makes it feel like it's secure. Okay. Here. Now there's... The cardboard is giving oh, me trouble. come on. Okay, here we 
got now. Oh, and now they, now it's it. Now, now there's it's a in box. Wrap. Jesus. Now there's Christ. bubble wrap and a box and, and tissue paper. Tissue paper everywhere, and oh, then there's another box. Oh, I'm telling you, the the this unwrapping is, fetishists are are rock hard right now. This is a great time to remind you to rate and review. How do you? Oh yeah. you like listening Definitely. to us open boxes on the air. Oh, I love it. I think our listeners are really going to connect with this content. Yes, yeah, so um, it is exactly what I thought it was. It is a cocktail shaker, and this could not come at a better time. Oh, with D and B on it for Dave and Ben. Dave and Ben. That is so sweet. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Did I mention, have I mentioned on this show that I just had my first gin martini? That's that's the is inspiration that what inspired behind it? this. Yeah, oh, I'm really excited you? for your new life as a gin drinker. Oh, I love it. Are you a mensch? And uh, it, it just felt like of all people who I know have a good bar card at home. Uh-huh, you know that's right. Thank you so much. That is very sweet. You're so welcome. Also, I've used both Mensch and Mazel Tov in this episode, and I am as Catholic as the day is long. Very Jewish uh, episode. I'm very sad that I didn't get you things to put in that so you could shake something up right I, now. I know. That would well, be a great sound effect, too. Wouldn't that be fun? Shake, shake, shake. Thank you very much. You're I appreciate so it. And my home really does lack one of these, and I was just thinking it as I was drinking my first gin martini a couple yes. of weeks ago. So I might make one uh, I might make one tonight. We'll see. Success. We'll see where it goes. Success. Thank you. That is a You're very so kind welcome. gesture. And there's... Wrapping paper in boxes everywhere. It's Christmas Day. It's basically Christmas Day. Hey, how was your on cabaret show? Oh, you know what? It was a lot of fun. If you uh, if you live in Los Angeles, if you've been to Los Angeles, there is a legendary sort of experimental comedy situation called the Uncabaret. It was started by uh, Beth Lapidus almost twenty five years ago, which is one of the, the four mothers of the alt comedy scene as we know it. Exactly, today. a Margaret exactly. Show, big uncab person, huge. Um, and uh, yeah, it was it, like nothing in the world makes me more nervous than getting up and doing it because like really? it is the most accepting space in the world. You can yeah. really do whatever you want. But because of that, it's like you really want to crush it. Yeah. You know what I mean? You really want to make – so I um, – yeah, it was it was a lot, a lot of fun. What it was a lot do? of fun. I told a story um, which, which I've never talked about here. You know what? Ooh, Let's do it. Story time. Yeah. So – all right. So when I uh, – my freshman year of college, I went – you know, I grew up very conservative and Catholic and then went to a very conservative Catholic college mm -hmm. voluntarily. And my freshman year, there was one other kid from my high school who had gone there and he lived a couple doors down. And, and, and like things were going okay for the first like week or so. And then suddenly I wasn't – like it was weird between me, me and my roommates and I didn't know why. Mm. And weird – among like me and the people on my hall. And I never could quite understand it. And then it, it finally came to a head with my roommates at the end of the first semester. And they were, you know, we had it out. And then once we had sort of made up and, you know, just started talking, you know, talking like friends, yeah. they were like, well, we were kind of, we were in a weird place with you at the, be the beginning of the semester because the kid down the hall who you went to high school with uh, told us you're gay. Ooh. Which like I was in no way ready to even really reveal to myself. Like I still couldn't say the – I was fully Todd Glassing. I could not oh, say wow. the word out loud. And um, and so like – and to this day, it was the first and only punch I've ever thrown. Like I, I went you down threw a and punch? socked him. Yeah. Wait, you, you punched the guy that – The guy who – yeah. Who, who outed you. Yeah. And like in, – so and in, in the intervening years, we have – made up like he's tearfully you know apologized oh. and like and I also it I understand like the social pressures of being a midwestern kid in a new england place like kind of jockeying for social position and all that kind of thing and also like we had sort of fooled around a couple of times so there was probably some gay panic there or whatever yeah, so yeah. it's like I kind of get it but the part that stuck with me is um he had called another kid from our high school for like backup 
And that kid was like, yeah, Holmes is a fag. Everybody knows it whatever because I did have kind of a gay reputation in high school. Well-deserved. Um, and so like – so Ken, that always – like I was always angry at him because that's just cruel. Yeah. Like you know, you could say like why are you calling me? No, that's a mean thing to do. Don't do it. Right. Like if you had a soul. Yeah. Uh, but he didn't. And, uh, and so like I've always been madder at him. So, uh, so anyway, he now follows me on Facebook or like he's a friend on Facebook and has been for a long, long time. And, and he's like, he's either, he either lives in Houston and sells speedboats uh-huh. or that's my go-to like city and that's occupation for shitty people. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And, uh, and so like, so he, um, and he's, he was just like a shitty kid, just like a, you know, like it's like who farted in human form. Ooh. You know what I mean? Just like, just loves to talk about like farts and who might have who might have done them and what they're like. Whatever, just just a gross kid. Yep. And uh, so anyway, so he like, I he would be in in my feed on Facebook. He would come up and you know post you know Tucker Carlson videos and oh. so just I mean continuing to be a shitty person. But then a couple years ago, um, the the Tucker Carlsons and the and the Sean Hannitys got broken up with like you know. I woke up today uh, feeling gratitude. And I was oh, like, buddy. oh, shit. Uh-oh. Someone's in recovery, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, which I was like, fine, good for him. Oh, but those amends are coming. That is exactly what I thought, yes. Matt. Because, like, I I am definitely owed an apology. And I've gotten apologies for, I mean, you know, listen. We're, we've we had friends who have gone through recovery. Yeah. And you get those amends. Usually they're, they're for things that are that you don't remember because yeah. <laughs> sometimes you were drunk too. But sometimes it means a lot. Sometimes, sometimes it like, means a lot. You what I needed to hear that. yeah. And uh, and I thought for this one, I was like, I might not, I might not forgive this guy. You know what I mean? Wow. Like I might, I, or I will, but like I might make him kind of work for it because uh-huh. he should. Sure. You know what I mean? Because he did something that was mean. Um, and anyway, so maybe a year after that, he like I get a Facebook message from him and it pops up and he's like, Hey, uh, it's Ken, and I'm like, I know because your name is on this message because yeah, yeah. this is Facebook. That's how it works. Um, I need to talk to you about something. Can I Can I have your number? And I was like, here we go. And I gave him my number. And I was like, you know, Tuesday afternoons are kind of open for me. Uh-huh. And I was, and I had a script. I was like, you know, oh I'm going to really, like, hold, I'm going to hold his feet to the fire on this one. You know what I mean? Yeah, what was in I'll your script? Give it, no, just, I mean, I, you know, I want a person to understand how terrifying that is. Yeah. I think, you know, lo- there's a moment like this in Love, Simon. Mm-hmm. You know, a kid who has even pretty much got it figured out is outed before he is ready and it's terrifying. Like yeah. <laughs> that moment worked on me in this movie because I've lived it. Yeah. And uh, and to be rocketed through that experience by somebody whose intentions are bad is a really unpleasant experience yeah. and it's terrifying and it's isolating and it's and it's you know it's it it, it kind of fucked my life up pretty good for yeah. a minute. And um, so I was ready to ready to do all that. So he um so he he calls me and uh, and I pick up and he's like, "Hey, it's Ken." And we like make small talk for a minute. And he goes, uh, okay, well, um, so this is why I called. Dave, um, Pearl Jam is coming to Houston in August. Can you get me tickets? No! I swear to God. I swear to God. Uh, And I was like, I had not been at MTV for a decade by that time, right? More. And even when I was, it's not like I could just be like, oh, sure, let me just call Eddie Vedder for you yeah. and get tickets for some shitty kid. Also, how hard is it to buy a Go fucking to pair fucking of Pearl Jam StubHub, you dick. So, yeah, so I was what like – What did uh, you say? I was like, no, no, Ken, I can't get you tickets to Pearl Jam. 
Um, and I said, anything else? And he was like, no, that's, that's it. And, and like, honestly, that moment was so freeing for me, honestly. Like it did what probably a good amends should do because like forgiveness is very important and it is a tool that you should use to help you get through life. But it's also a hundred percent fair to just be like, that guy's shitty and I'm never going to get it from him. And it's just like, it's a thing I just need to move on. You yeah. know what I mean? And if any part of me was looking back going, well, what, did I play a role in that? Or uh-huh. am I making it worse than it was? It's mm-hmm. like, no, no, no. This is nope. real cut and dry. Yep. Cut and dry. Yep. Butthole. Yeah. So that was the that was the story I told. Wow. That's but better and funnier, I hope. No. I um, mean, I was riveted. Well, thanks. I had to roll my chair back on that reveal. <laughs> you sure did. We could use a gin martini right about now. Oh, I'm going to shake one up. Shake one up. Uh, I hope you guys shake one up at home. Oh, you definitely and, know um, that we will. Buckle up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if any of you gays have ever heard of Margaret Cho. But yeah. She's kind of a legendary comedian mm-hmm. and activist. And, and, um, and uh, rock star and – Activist, Yeah, an all-around hero. Yeah, uh, right on sister. And we will be back with her after this. Dave, when I say dollar, shave club. Mm-hmm. Hold on, wait, 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 wait. Let me just, where does my mind go? Yeah, what's the first thing that pops in there? Um, amazing affordable shaves. You got it right. Oh, that's true. But I hear there's more. Well, dollarshaveclub.com delivers everything you need to look and feel and smell your best. And of course, the best razors I have ever used. And that is true. Mm-hmm. Used it today. Wow. You get an amazing high quality shave every morning. You look smooth. Smooth like a baby uh, from the Dollar Shave Club executive razor. But it's more than just razors. Dollar Shave Club also offers shampoo, body wash, Toothpaste. Butt wipes. Uh, butt wipes. Peppermint. Uh-huh. Also the true hero of any morning routine, they're Dr. Carver's Shave Butter. It's so good. It helps the razor gently glide across your skin. Mm-hmm. It's delicious. I, I want to eat the shave butter. Don't. But I won't. It's not food. But this means no more trips to the store, wandering the aisles, and then scanning, bagging your stuff, and doing all that other shit oh, what with a the nuisance. traditional razors. Scanning, lines, hate it. For a mind-blowing experience. Well, both of us. I mean, listen, we're just we're chomping at the we're bit. We're so excited to get this out. Join Dollar Shave Club today. We can't. I can't say it. I'm too excited. Oh, for a mind-blowing experience, join Dollar Shave Club today. For just $5, with free shipping, you'll get the six-blade executive razor, plus trial sizes of shave butter, body cleanser, and those one-wipe Charlies uh-huh. that are so, so nice. Yep. And then those blades keep coming for a few bucks more a month. Get yours at dollarshaveclub.com slash homo. If you didn't hear, that's dollarshaveclub.com slash homo. Mm, 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 mm. Mm. Sounds, I'm just thinking about the food that I've been cooking yeah. recently with my jewel sous vide. Yeah, it, it, re, it honestly, it's su- it's such a pleasure to use because you you season up your food however you like it. You decide the doneness level that you want. Stick it in a bag. Put it under uh, the water that uh, the, the jewel sous vide has preheated up to the the temperature of your choice, and then you get to do whatever the hell you want. Mm. You, you know can what I mean? Hang out at your house in your robe, or you can get into dragon, put on your sous vide character, whatever you want. Yes, I could workshop. Actually, I could workshop my character. Yeah. Jewel makes sure that my food will never overcook, will never undercook, so I'm free to focus on my guests or on my tuck. Uh, there are more than 100 recipes in the Jewel app. There's video. Uh, it can help you cook pretty much every protein meat, poultry, fish, eggs, desserts, veggies, plenty more. That's why they say Jewel, perfect food every time. Why don't you get yours? Visit chefsteps.com slash jewel. Use the code homophilia to get 15 bucks off for a limited time. That is chefsteps.com slash J-O-U-L-E. Code homophilia. 
folks, we're here with a legend. Oh, my God. The queen is here. Yes. Yay. Oh, we've been waiting for this for oh. a minute. My Margaret Cho. So fast. Margaret Cho, thank you for doing this. Thank you. This is wonderful. Oh. I should drop Bruce Daniels' name just out the gate oh, with yes. you. He's an old friend of mine. He's the best. He's the best. Yeah. He's so great. We're going to have him on, and my singular goal is to get him a husband out of this because mm-hmm. I'm fed up with. I'm his fed bullshit. up with it. Well, you know, I think it's um, it's one of those things. Like he's just so perfect. Yeah. Everything about him. He's handsome. Yeah. He's funny. He's yes. he's really smart. He's got a great job. There's yeah. so many things. But it's it's one of the, he's also very picky too. That's true. So he um, and he's had some difficult times too. And so actually, he and I. It's funny when he and I first met. We did a movie together, and we made out. We were <laughs> he was my love interest. And it was so funny oh, because wow. we were like so embarrassed. You were like, this is like siblings this making is, out. Yeah, yeah this right? is somehow this is evil. Yeah. Somehow this is wrong, and and it was really funny. But we so we've been very very close friends ever since, and and I really love him. But yes, we I'm determined to get him a husband. We should do like a gay bachelor thing. Yes. With him. Oh my god. Yeah, we've been talking about some kind of um, yes. yeah matchmaking uh-huh. yeah. live show activity. Yes. Yeah. That yeah, he needs to be the, the grand prize. He's the perfect prize. He's perfect. Yeah. yeah. He's really great. Well, that, I, I, I condone it, and I think that's a, a wonderful, wonderful idea. Let's awesome. do it. Well, wait, watch for that spinoff to yes. be coming soon. Looking for Bruce. <laughs> uh, so, Margaret Cho, what are you watching right now? When, when you get moments – like I know you're oh, on the road constantly. I'm on the road constantly, but I just finished today. Um, it is that uh, Wild Wild Country. It's yeah, oh, the yeah. – um, Show on Netflix. It's about the Rajneesh. Uh, it's like not exactly a cult. It is a cult. It sort of appears like a cult. They were all red, mm-hmm. and they um, tried to establish a city in Oregon. So it's all about this history of this religious group. Who, uh, you know, there's a lot of different definitions of it. But I lo- also love a '70s cult moment like sure. that. To me, like I'm from San Francisco, '70s. We um, had the People's Temple, and that was a big part of um, my upbringing because. My family lived down the street from the San Francisco building of the People's Temple. And um, when the tragedy happened, it was a big week because Harvey Milk had just been assassinated. Yeah. And then the 900 people were uh, committed, committed this crazy mass suicide there. And then the venue for the People's Temple happened to be free. And that week also my mother was uh, looking for a place to throw my grandparents' 50th wedding anniversary. Oh, my God. So that – Venue became available. Uh-huh. It was very inexpensive because oh, nobody Lord. wanted to go there. So of course not. She threw a very ill-advised party. <laughs> it's the only party I remember her. She never threw a party after that. <laughs> it was really pretty disastrous because nobody was in the mood to party. Right. But uh, still, we were there. There's all these pictures of us posing very uncomfortable inside this. Basically, it's a crime scene. Wow. But And also, well, anyway, also down the street from my family's home, the Rajneesh had an outpost. They'd uh-huh. taken over my back ballet school. So they were just a few doors down from my home of origin. And I always wondered what they're doing and why are they yeah. wearing red? And so the uh, documentary series explains it for us uh-huh. a bit. It's very it's it's very interesting. Yeah. The 70s were such a sexy cult time. Yeah. Yeah. Weren't they? Yeah. And I think part of it is that uh, the ones that were pretty um, uh, destructive – they would get you to join by controlling your sugar intake. So you wouldn't really? be able to eat any yeah. food. And then they would give you soft serve ice cream with uh, candy in it. Mm-hmm, <laughs> sort mm-hmm. of like a Cold Stone Creamery yeah. kind of a thing. And uh, 
doing that would make you very impressionable. So that was one of the things that, you know, like, because they were always deprogramming, too. That was very a hot thing in the 70s, like Donahue and deprogramming all kind of went together. Yeah. And so that's one of the things that I remember is like, don't let people, don't take candy and ice cream in Uh candy from strangers. Right. Yes. A good idea for many reasons. Yeah. Uh, You know, I hear the same sort of thing about the Landmark Forum. Mm -hmm. Yes. That they, like, for that first three days, you're there and you can't eat. Yep. Mm -hmm. And you're just, like, it gets you to just sort of, like, uh, a moment where you're you're more accepting. Yeah. Yeah. I have a friend who's very into that, and he is always encouraging me to go. And I don't know. I I, I feel like I I do a lot of different stuff, like... Just to, when you, you sort of have to do something in L.A., you know, yeah. you go yeah. through these things or I've been like then been like the disciple of a therapist or, uh-huh. you know, something like that. Uh, so I don't know. I, but he's doing very well. So it seems attractive. Uh-huh. You know, but yeah, when it works for somebody, it's like, well, might I, be I mean, good. Maybe it's an endorsement. Eat. Can't yeah. front on it. Yeah. What, what kind of stuff are you into? Do you want I, to talk about it? Uh, well, I like uh, to do like these I used to go to these weird things this, that were sort of uh, run by this therapist who was also kind of a mi- minor cult. And this was around the time of 9-11. So everybody was aching for some yep. kind of solution of something. And so I, I became very vulnerable. And I was working with this woman who had this kind of um, group of people. Some of them were quite famous. Um, I never really got to do any of the things with the famous people. Like, I never got to go on the outings with Courtney Love, but I know that there were some. Um. (laughs) And uh, so she was uh, holding these huge evenings where you would come as the person that you define as your worst nightmare. Oh, So you would attend the party as the person that you least likely to be. And so mine was, um, I was the mom of many, many kids who uh, was just really worn down, who had no life of her own. And I would attend the party as this woman who would only talk about her children because she had no definition of self outside of that. Mm. Um, So I I followed that for quite a long time. It was really expensive. And I'm not really exactly sure what I got out of it. Yeah, I'm still kind of like... I, I really don't know, but that was one of the one of the good ones. I've also gone to places where they don't you don't eat. Mm-hmm. They give you a lot of colonics, and you have only juice. That's kind of crazy too. Are we talking about yeah. We Care by any chance? Not We no. Care, um, but my my friends go to We Care, mm-hmm. which I think they don't really. I, I don't. I don't. I think it's the same thing. The yeah. one I went to was Optimum Health Organization, and I would go with Ben Vereen and Liza Minnelli. Whoa! And we would just talk. They they were obviously, I think. Well, they may not obviously, but they were getting off drugs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so they, that sort of was their solution. There were other people there who were uh, dying of AIDS, who were dying of cancer, who were trying to look for different ways to deal with their and manage their pain and their illness. So um, I was there just to, to sort of look for a new thing to do. Yeah. Um, but it, it's it's built right over a bank of uh, Taco Bells and Kentucky Fried Chicken and Pizza Huts. And, you know, so it's like. <laughs> At night, when you're starving, all you have this is fast food smell wafting over. Oh yeah, and you are game. eating particle amounts of it. Yeah, just through the air, yeah. slightly through, through the through your nose, just ingesting tiny, tiny amounts of it, and it's so uh, deeply depressing. Have you uh, gone to an ayahuasca ceremony? I haven't. Um, you seem like the type. That's something that I have considered, although I don't think I would go now. Um, but uh, I always thought that would be great to go to Peru uh-huh. or go uh, wherever. You know, and you can he, go to like 
Sherman Oaks. Yeah, yeah. you could like, do it. Like Canyon, it's, it's available. Very I think good. there's yeah. one that's kind of by the airport. Yeah. <laughs> a little <laughs> less exotic. Go, but uh-huh. I don't like the vomiting the aspect. Me too. Like you have to vomit yeah. first. Yeah. You don't have to. You don't I did. To? I did the the uh, the cousin experience of Wachuma or of uh, ayahuasca, which is Wachuma. Oh. Which is it's same cactus, basically. It's the same uh-huh. sort of thing. It's just like uh, to hear the guru whose name is like Pam, and she's from Scottsdale. Yeah. Uh, but like ayahuasca is the female spirit, and Wachuma is the male spirit. Oh. I just happen to have been around when they they came to do uh-huh. in Laurel Canyon a Wachuma. Ceremony, and then what do you do? You drink it, or what is you it? You drink like? it, and then they give you a lollipop to get the terrible taste out of your mouth because uh-huh. it tastes like dirt. Yeah, uh, and then some people do throw up. Like some, there were people who just like moaned and vomited all day long, like all around mm-hmm. me. And it seemed like anytime I had a serene moment, somebody would come and sit next to me and then <sighs> throw up. That's enough to keep me off it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I did not myself throw up. And I also didn't have like a crazy profound experience, but I, it was good. Do I recall that you sat in your car and waited a while and then drove home? Am yes, I, that's yeah, correct. Okay, yeah, that's yeah, how yeah. that Yeah, I mean, I waited many hours. I, not, sure. I didn't wait the whole time in my car, but I was there for a while and then there was a vegan brunch and people were going to spend the night and I was fairly certain mm. that everyone was going to start fucking and I was just not into <laughs> no, it. No, no, it's not good when that happens. It's not I mean, it can be. I guess it can be great when that happens. It was not this crowd, though. This no. was not the crowd for me. No. So I went and I sat in my car and I listened to I listened to the then newest Dawes record and I waited oh. for the uh, the sky to stop breathing and then that's I drove home. Great way to ride it out. I think yeah, it was pretty a, great. That's a that's the ideal way. That's the dream. I mean, did you find that it was any kind of like profound life changing thing, or was it just like? Were you? Did you feel like you were just high? In a subtle way, it did feel life changing, but not until a few days later. Because at the time, like it was, there were, there were mild hallucinations. I was getting some, like a few little. I, I, I emotionally purged for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there were like, um, yeah, I mean, mild visual situations. Mm-hmm. Nothing major, nothing overwhelming. Um, but like at the time, I, I. I it helped me understand myself because I needed to go and spend time alone and just listen to music and and find – like find um, – what's the word that I'm looking for? Uh, epiphanies mm-hmm. that way. Yeah. And I've always been sort of someone who goes off on his own. And it was like mm-hmm. – it wasn't until a couple of days later that it was like, oh, that is the revelation that I was supposed to get. Is yeah. that – like I'm not – I don't belong to any team or tribe or whatever. And that's fine. I don't yeah. need to constantly yeah. be looking for that. I can just be on my own. Yeah, just me, just me, and, and Taylor Goldsmith of uh, of Dawes. Yeah, I mean, it it really took a couple. Of, it actually took uh, a friend, John Butler, to be mm-hmm. like, "You got your revelation." It just wasn't like yeah. it just didn't bowl you over. Anyway, I would recommend it. I think that you also do find a lot of epiphanies in music. Mm-hmm. That you probably have more of a religious fervor for music than most people. I think that's true. So that's probably the the appropriate way to look for those epiphanies. Yeah. is in is in song. Sure. <laughs> So what? Uh, what songs are giving you giving you moments lately? Um, you know, it's so embarrassing, but I I really rock out to Blank Space by Taylor Swift. That's not lame. Oh, wow. It's such a good song. It is a good song. It's such a good song about um, you know when you are somebody who's powerful in the world, and that sometimes you are not going to meet your equal. Mm-hmm. Your relationships are not going to be on an equal plane with people, and that you just have to sort of take them along into this journey without um, sort of that equanimity that a lot of relationships do begin with. Mm -hmm. And so I I love that in the same way that I love the movie Notting Hill. 
there's that same thing where Julia Roberts has to sort of negotiate everything through her own celebrity. Yeah. And I think that's really an interesting way of sort of like looking at a story. And then if you look at Taylor Swift and you look at her trajectory relationship-wise and how much she has to kind of involve herself in this sort of squad goals with all these other very powerful women because she can't find her equal Yeah. in in, in, um, a man. No matter how, how famous and sort of great they are, they're never going to compete with how great she is. Yeah. So I, I love that. I love that. I, yeah. I, I think she's awesome. And it's just catchy and super it's of its moment. It's a catchy song. Did Ryan Adams uh, sing that too? He did. He did the whole album. He did the whole album. Yeah. I, have to, I, I think that's that's great too. I also love Ryan as well. Sure. Um, so And that, that's, that just makes sense that he would record her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's really quite perfect. Yeah. It's yeah. like the ultimate compliment. Who are Margaret Cho's like top five musical artists of all time? You know, in I, order. Uh, in order. Um, I think uh, Chibo Macho, oh I have a great um, love for. And also now they're sort of family with um, Yoko Ono. So they're sort of the, any any sort of spinoff of Yoko Ono, the Plastic Ono bands, whether that's Yola Tango or Chibo Macho or Sean Lennon, that's uh, that dynasty. And uh-huh. then, you know, to a, a greater sort of like you can go a little bit left there to Wilco because yeah. that's also that part of that family. Um, yeah. So that's uh, somebody I love. I also deeply love and admire um, uh, Cindy Lauper, the Go-Go's, mm. uh, Debbie Harry and Blondie, um, Joan Jett, um, that entire group of people that could also include a Terry Nunn from Berlin. Oh, yeah. Any of these female stars, um, Terry Bozio, um, all of that era is just so uh, – it's where I come from. I toured with most of those ladies um, on Cindy Lauper's True Colors tour, so I have a very deep understanding of how they are when they work. I've gotten very, very – Way too drunk with the B-52s. Oh, my God. Several nights in a row. So many gay wet dreams I'm having now. It's, it's really special. So, um, And then my two uh, ultimate singer babes um, would be Amanda Palmer and Fiona Apple. They're mm. both close, close friends of mine and, um, you know, have, have really helped me in times of – of pain and sorrow. They both helped me write songs. They both helped me sing songs. Um, so, you know, those those people in general sort of make up all of the people that musically are incredibly important. And then this last weekend, I would add another name would be Taylor Mack. I just did his, uh, he, he just got the MacArthur Grant, the Genius Grant. And he is a genius for 200, 2017. He is quite a genius. So he was commissioned this work to do 24 decades of gay history through song. Wow. And so I participated this last weekend, which was the decade was from the 50s to today, so which includes um, Stonewall, uh, disco, AIDS, uh, lesbian, riot girl, um, and then present day. But and it, all the Margaret Cho uh, yeah. comedy albums. Yeah, all of those I mean, albums those are... and all of that. So it, he, he had done so much um, musically with – sort of building uh, a case for the gay community throughout all of the music. And, and, and it was really, it's, it's really powerful. And, and the MacArthur Grant, you don't see a lot of gay recipients. I don't, I think, I believe he's the first openly gay recipient that I can think of mm-hmm. who's gotten that. Um, it's, it's quite an honor. And it's just this mysterious thing. Like if you're a genius, you get it. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows how they decide yeah. who's going to get it. But he is a genius. It's, it's really, it's incredible. Am I remembering correctly, just going back to music, that you are 
a satellite member of Broken Social Scene. Did I, I am. That up? I have uh, the honor of. I've never played a gig with them, but uh, uh, Kevin Drew has said that I am in the band. And that if I were to be able to actually make this happen, that I would probably play the triangle. Great. Okay. So yeah, no <laughs> shows <laughs> yet, but but the, but I also love all of the bands that kind of make up the Canadian. Like I love Broken Social Scene, and then I love Stars and yeah. Metric, and you know Emily Haynes. All these these, these different people around that um, I love. Yeah. I really really love. That's the best. Yeah, we need to make that. We, we're manifesting that. Yes, right now. yes. Well, I'm certainly, I'm certainly excited about it. I have like, it's weird. I haven't gone to many music festivals um, of late. I think the last one was last year at uh, Bumbershoot, mm-hmm. um, was I really wanted to see Dion Tort. Mm-hmm. Um and I worked there. I did a show there. So. But yeah, music festivals. I haven't. Are you going to go to Coachella? Uh, probably not. I haven't in a very long time. Are you? I would. I. I just want to see Beyonce. Yeah. I mean, I just. I. I think you know. I've seen her many times, but only in like not her show, but only in like sort of like the Grammys or an awards show setting where it's it's. Of course, it's a spectacle, and of uh-huh. course, it's tremendous. Yeah. But it's still like, I would love to just 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 her. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That would be special. I. It, it's astonishing to me if you if you go back to uh, to. Destiny's Child, or, or like even early solo Beyonce, we have witnessed her become a singer. Yeah, really. I mean, yeah. like when she started out, she didn't have a bad voice, but it was thin. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it was, and it, like I guess the stuff she was recording was not real demanding. But if you go back to like uh, the the song she did for the Austin Powers movie or whatever, right, it's like right. it's okay, and she sounds okay. Mm-hmm. But now she is like a fucking dynamo. Yeah, and that's a trajectory you don't often see. No. Like 15 years into your career, you don't ascend yeah. to Mount Olympus. Yeah. Usually. Usually it's the opposite. Like yeah. you come out strong and then it sort of gets watered down. Right. Where she, I mean, Lemonade and that entire, the video album, which was so, I wish that artists would do a huge video album. It's just like Olivia Newton-John's physical. Yes. You know, it begins with landslide. Yes. <laughs> it goes down through the dolphin song. Yes. And, it, and she did all those like kind of parody, not parodies, but sort of homages to Ashes to Ashes. Uh-huh. That kind of thing. Like I love a huge, like a concept video album. Uh-huh. And I, that's why I love Lemonade so much. I can't believe you just made me remember the physical video album. The video mm. album. With all, but the the all the Matt Latanzi is in all the videos, and it's just kind of her working it out. And then, of course, in the 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 physical video itself was so shocking at the time because it was referring the, to the fact that all these guys in the gym were gay. Yeah, and they were hooking up in the shower. Yes, <laughs> she she had no she couldn't compete with any any of that. Right, and they I were getting in that. shape to do it with uh, each other with each other. And no pop star had ever referred to anything like that. No. And She's it's so great. it's so weird how little we heard about that at the time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I guess there were fewer outlets. Yeah. But it, that feels like today it would launch a gajillion think pieces. And yeah. To, and back then it was just like, here's this video. It's yeah. just – It's gay people. It's gay people. But the, it's the same way that we never thought about Queen – as being a gay band. Right. That Queen yeah. was, there were just nobody ever made that connection, or that Rob Halford is a leather daddy. I was just going to say, Judas Priest, yes. the so ultimate Future leather daddy. guest. We got to get that man. <laughs> we're working he's, on him. You got to. He's, he's amazing. I've never met him, but I, 
adore. I love everything. I mean, he's like metal Bob Mold. Uh huh. Yeah. Yes, well, he you is. You should also. Have you had Bob? Oh, Bob? we have not yet. We Bob would be great. Oh, of course he would. Bob would. I can help you with that, actually. Oh, good. Bob is a good friend. Oh, he's awesome. I interviewed him for something uh, a while back, and he's so friendly and nice. He's and so fun. And so regular for being a legend. He's mm-hmm. such a legend. And, uh, yeah, there's that's another person that I would say is up there with one of my absolute favorites of people that I just – have followed around on tour and then gotten to be on tour with and, uh-huh. and gotten to play with and sing with. And he's just – and then his band is also my band too. So John Worcester and Jason Nardisi play in my band. Um, when I did uh, my last comedy special, they were backing me with Sean Eden from Luna. Okay. So it's good. How does John Worcester sleep? He is he's in busy. Well, like he, four active bands. He's also in, incredibly funny. Like he's so also funny. a great comedian. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he's just – he uh, positions himself in the middle of the country. So it's, it's Raleigh, North Carolina. So he can tour anywhere in any given time in any direction very quickly. Uh-huh. Um, I think all of the bands are part of Merge. Right. So they're all in the same sort of record, you know, company. And uh, so that the scheduling – Works out because it's it's yeah Mountain Goats Super Chunk Bob Mold Band um, and then his his stuff with Tom so it's like yeah yeah he I don't Jesus. I do talk to him often though he's he's he keeps a good he I don't know he keeps a good schedule he's very organized yeah maybe he puts he puts it all in the Google Calendar <laughs> he could yeah it works itself he says, out says hey Google yeah help me out uh, yeah he's he's an absolute legend yeah I love him um, so how have you and I don't know if you know about this but how have you um, how do you fill the logo list hole in your heart <laughs> long ago. Margaret Cho, Brian Safi, uh-huh. Shangela, and I did a panel show pilot for mm-hmm. Logo called The Logo List. Oh, my God. I don't know good. about it. Did this. not get picked up. No. Dreamcast. It was yeah. a really good cast. and It was a really fun cast. It was a really fun show to do. It was just like a news show, I guess, in the way the sort of the daily show kind of yeah. feeling. Um, and we, would have, we had different kinds of categories of what we would talk about and uh, you talked about music. I think so, yeah. And then um, I don't even know if I had a, I think maybe I was sort of celebrity and then Brian was sort of more celebrity. Like then, oh, maybe it was politics. They all had sort of a different kind of thing like we would come sort of like the Justice League. Exactly. Yes. Different powers that yes. we had. And Shangela was like, uh, I just remember, uh, she made a cocktail. Yeah. Because I remember gin is in was what <laughs> she, that was her message. And so yeah. she made like a, a summertime gin cocktail. Yeah. It was a fun show to do. You had to bring that back around. I love that. You need to bring it back around. We do. But where do you get your news? I get my news pretty much anywhere. Um, I am an avid Redditor, which yeah, really? I think is pretty f- old school, and but I love it. I also love Tumblr. I think that you like – Get when you get you get your news like filtered through people. Mm-hmm. I think there's something valuable about it. Um, also, of course, you know any kind of social media. Like I think you you sort of get to hear what you need to hear. Um, although news happens all the time, so it's it's I'm always up for a good news source. Mm-hmm. Okay. What about comedy? Who are you excited about in comedy right now? Comedy. I just did a show that I curated um, mm-hmm. with <laughs> with Aparna Nancharla, Hari Kondabalu, and Ali Wong, yes. who are my favorites right now. Just going, um, you know, Ali is so special and and so funny, and and you know, I look at them as as people that I really admire, and they all have um, said to me that I inspired them to do comedy. So it's a great thing to just witness from the outside. Um, 
I think that's I think that's really special, but I, I really love Tig Notaro. Oh, yeah. I think she's incredible. Um, I love uh, Tiffany Haddish is killing me. She's so she's doing so incredibly well, but she and I were doing, like last year, we were just doing little sets around town, and it's incredible to see the rise yeah. of, of somebody who's just so talented. And yeah. uh, so that's, that's really cool. Um, but yeah, the, there's a comedy renaissance that seems to be happening right now. So there's a lot of it, um, a lot of stuff going down everywhere and so that's that's really fun yeah who do you think bit beyonce huh who who bit beyonce did you hear about this i, I know this who headline. do you think I, it was what? um my guess uh i i don't even i don't even have i a mean guess. who would who dare would bite her in the face who would bite but they would have to be have, on, have to be on drugs and then i'm like who mm. would be on drugs yeah that, that's like the old drugs. uh florida street drug yeah, like yeah. Bath salts. Bath yeah. Salts. Like, who's on bath salts? Yeah, yeah. no one's doing bath salts At a party with Beyonce. I yeah. mean, Oof. people don't – I mean, no, no, that's not true. People do a lot of drugs. You know the drugs that they're doing now is these – all these are the slow rappers. Oh, you yeah. You know, the rappers, they're all doing um, Xanax, fake Xanax, and lean combination. Oof. Lean? Lean is a drink that's made out of uh, – it's a cough syrup that has, I think, codeine in it. Sometimes oh, it has sure. other – stronger opiates in it and then you make it with uh, an um, equal amount of Sprite although I when I was doing lean which I have mm. I, I like to use diet Sprite or sure. <laughs> Sprite yeah, Zero keep it tight yeah. you know mm-hmm. because you're healthy you're healthy you know I'm worried about my you know sugar intake <laughs> and then I uh, put a Jolly Rancher inside okay so just for fun just for fun um, but that sort of is the flavor and then it's served at least in Atlanta when I was there, it's served in a baby bottle. Serving suggestions. Ooh, Serving sure, suggestions. Sure, sure. Baby a baby bottle. bottle. So you get a baby bottle. And then sometimes you could get it um, actually from the dealer already pre- pre-made in the baby bottle with the um, Sprite in there. Oh, that's and, nice. And uh, then you would just drink it. And it's it's pretty much um, the the sort of – it sounds like these kinds of so- – Guys like Little Peep or Little anybody uh-huh. with a little in the, he- the uh-huh. head of the, their name. Yeah, um, they're leaning. Little, they're leaning towards well, he, this. He has died. Yes. So yeah. yes, like from 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 Xanax, an, over, Zan, yeah. Xanax and the uh, hydrocodone, whatever, all yeah. of the Oof. the combinations of the drugs. But that it influences the music. It's so weird how when a drug is going around, you can hear it in the songs. Yeah. Uh-huh. So um, I'm not sure if this is the same. I mean. But there's not a lot of women that I would say I, I know would sort of qualify for that. I mean, Cardi yeah. B sounds like it, but I don't think she's on any kind of drugs. No. But she's pregnant. Yeah. Oh, right. Well, do so we do we have confirmation on that know. yet? Okay. I don't know. I don't know. So idea. perhaps uh, uh, there's a gap in the market for lean for her, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, yeah. So it didn't stick for you, lean. Lean? Um, no. It's uh, it, you know those kinds of drugs are just. On it's you have to uh, really commit to them because then if you uh, they're so addictive and then if you don't take them you get very sick. Uh-huh. So it's 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 actually it's it's not the best. And then also um, it's kind of hard to get Har- uh, hardcore like cough syrup uh, with the permethacine. It's 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 not an easy sell. You know, there's people on Instagram that sell it, but that that I don't think that's real. That's a terrifying place to. Buy yeah, something. yeah. Why would you buy anything. drugs on? I don't know why anybody would buy drugs on Instagram. It just seems yeah. like you're just gonna get caught. Yeah. I thought twice yesterday about buying a T-shirt off of Instagram. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, and that can't kill me. It all sleep. seems no. a little shady. Yeah, it seems a little shady. bit shady. Folks, we're gonna take a little break, yes. and we'll be back to pry into Margaret Cho's love life. Oh, baby. <laughs> 
You need high-quality luggage that's designed to be resilient, resourceful, and essential to the way you travel? Away offers it. Away. It's available in a variety of colors, four sizes, including carry-on sizes, uh, and they're compliant with all major U.S. airlines. The Away suitcase, just got one myself, not to brag. Uh-huh. It's lightweight. It's made with premium German polycarbonate that's unrivaled in strength and impact resistance. Uh-huh. I have had one for some time. It is very handy. It is perfectly sized for the overhead compartment. This is the carry-on I'm talking about. Yeah. Plus, there's a battery in there that will allow you to charge your phone or tablet or whatever sort of device you want while you're on the plane. So when you land, you're all charged up. We're living in the future. Goddamn right. Uh, the material is sleek. The material is ultra durable. And you don't have to worry about having a dead phone while traveling. Mm-hmm. Try out Away for 100 days. Vibe with it. Travel with it. Instagram it. These are all fun things to do with your luggage. Mm-hmm. If at any point you decide it's not for you, return it. You get a full refund. The shipping's free within the lower 48 states. And thanks to Away's lifetime warranty, if anything breaks, they'll fix it. So you've got nothing to lose. For 20 clams off a suitcase, visit awaytravel.com slash homo. Use the promo code homo during checkout. That's awaytravel.com slash homo. Promo code homo for $20 off your Away suitcase. Away. Well, guys, there's a brand new podcast right here at Earwolf called Freedom. Featuring our three good friends, Scott Ackerman, Lauren Lapkus, Paul F. Tompkins, three of the funniest people alive on this planet at this time. so much. Oh, the greatest. The three of them have so much fun having conversations together. They want to do a show where they're not playing characters. So they said, fuck these old podcast formats we're doing every other day. Mm -hmm. And uh, now they're doing this limited series where Paul and Lauren and Scotty uh, try to figure out what the show should be called – uh-huh. Sharing weird stories from their childhoods, making fun of each other a lot. Uh-huh. Just- Check out Freedom. It's coming out March 29th on Stitcher Premium. And I feel so left out. Yeah. If you're not a premium uh, Stitcher Premium subscriber, go to stitcherpremium.com slash freedom and use the promo code homophilia and you'll get a free month of listening. Do it. We're back with Margaret Cho. Um, Margaret, you've dated guys, you've dated gals, you've mm-hmm. been married, not married, mm-hmm. dated more than one person at a time. Yeah. At different, so, uh, I guess we just start with what, what is your current relationship? My current status? relationship is, um, I'm engaged to be oh. married, uh, Ooh. to my fiance. His name is Rocco Stowe. Uh-huh. He's a comedian and he's really funny and he's a great guy. Um, he's actually coming back today from Miami. He's been gone. Um, but uh, it's fantastic. It's actually really amazing to be this, like, committed to uh-huh. somebody. And, and is, I've been in all sorts of different things. You know, I'm a child of the 90s, so we do all these sorts of, like, there's all the queerness, this, this kind of, like, not defining who you are, not, not uh, giving it to labels or using the label queer, which yeah. I still think I, I really believe in. Um, and it's still appropriate to me, but uh, it's it's nice to sort of be like I feel like I'm just like a a fiance. This is a new <laughs> thing of being a fiance. It's uh-huh. like really cool. How did he How did he uh, propose? Um, he uh, well, we just realized like oh well, we're gonna we're gonna do this. <laughs> we're gonna do yeah. this. We're gonna do this. I mean, I'm 49, so there's no like real sense of um, kind of like uh, it needs to be any kind of big deal. Mm-hmm. I don't want to. Big wedding at all. I've done that before. So it, it which is a, a real pain. It's a real nightmare to have a giant wedding. Um, 
and and so I, I I've already I've experienced that. So we're going to go to Las Vegas and do it very um, I don't know wow. like maybe get an Elvis nice. impersonator. Right. That seems like the right thing to do. Sure. Yeah. As a as a somebody preside. How long, how long until there's Beyonce? Uh, Impersonators? Beyonce investigators. Beyonce impersonators doing weddings. They should. uh, Well, there's like the Legends shows, which seem to always be Cher. Uh And then I know that there's Madonna now. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a Gaga in the Legends show. And there's always Britney. There's a very famous Britney. Sure. who what is, it was he was on actually was it Derek Barry yeah it was Derek yeah. Barry oh, he was yeah. he was a Britney from RuPaul's Drag Race so right. um, but the legends I always like the guy that does Joan Rivers sure mm. what's his is Frank his name is Frank um, he's really good uh-huh. he's really good I think he was so good that when she was alive Joan sued him oh wow <laughs> <laughs> he was wow. so good yeah um, but I believe that. Uh, I, I, I think he's still he's still around, but yeah, if you, you can get one, I'm sure you can get one of the legends to do it. So there, there's got, it seems to me that there would be a legend Beyonce. Yeah, I Come mean on. it's coming. It's I mean it's works. coming. It's it's got it's got to be. I mean it, it you know that would be amazing. Okay. And there's going to be a Margaret Cho legend. I know. Sure. Somewhere. Somewhere. Um, I know that there uh, in it's usually Halloween where you see there's there was actually one. Uh, that was really good. It was a girl who uh, – two girls who had come to a costume party with um, a d- tattooed bodysuit and, and then they were uh, – and then the other one was pregnant. So it was me and Ali Wong. Oh, So cute. that was really cute. Um, Ali shared that with me. So there are – it's Halloween in general. There's some uh, impersonators out yeah. there. So mm-hmm. I would like to see it more, you know, in the rest of the year. Yeah. As would I. Yeah. yeah. Um, so take us back to your, you know – Sexual awakening, if you will. <laughs> well, um, I think that uh, – well, I had a boyfriend when I was um, 15 and he um, sort of – he was very girlish. And so it made me sort of think, oh, what? I don't – I think I might be attracted to women. There was that, that something seemed to me that uh, he – you know, but I've always liked a very pretty – man <laughs> like a very like girlish man and then i like the masculine woman so that sort of to me those feelings are i, I like androgyny i still like in, in an aesthetic way androgyny is very pleasing um so i i think that would be uh, maybe what is attractive but in general like i feel very um connected to dick Sure. Like uh-huh. we just, you know, Dick and I get along um, sure. super, super well. Uh, and so that's, that's really good for me. And did you already kind of feel your connection to the queer community back then? Yeah. Um, well, and also I grew up in my parents' bookstore, which was um, in San Francisco. It was on Polk in California. So there was um, this in the 70s, this crazy like time before AIDS where everybody was coming to San Francisco. It was all – everybody on the street, they were either dressed like a cowboy or a policeman. Mm-hmm. And they all were so young and so gorgeous. And everybody was hooking up all the time. It was all guys. And you would look down like an alley and there would be like three or four blowjobs going <sighs> every single alley. And it was so – Amazing and also very isolating too to be a, a girl in there because you 
had You're like, how do I get in on this? Yeah, you had no sort of place in it, but yeah. there was also a safety there like, well, this actually is great because there's no threat. Because also in the 70s when I grew up, there was a lot of sexualization of young girls. Like the um, there was that movie uh, Little Darlings with Tatum O'Neill uh-huh. and, and Christy McNichol. Where they're... And future governor Cynthia Nixon. Yes, she's in that? Yeah. Oh, oh wow. my God. Yeah. Oh my God, I forgot. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. But that movie's crazy because they're all trying to have sex with Armand Asante. Yeah. Who's in his really? 40s. Oh. In the movie. Ooh. So um, there was that, and Brooke Shields, and there was a time where, you know, to be a young girl in the 70s, it uh-huh. was, you were quite like, there was a lot of predatory stuff. You know, that whole thing happened with um, Roman Polanski and that young girl. And that sort of activity amongst older men was very acceptable yep. and, and, and very natural-seeming. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's really um, alarming when you look back on it. Uh-huh. So being around gay guys who were just doing that all on their own, it was – it it was liberating because it didn't it didn't pose as a threat. Yeah. So it was a very life affirming thing. And um, but then of course AIDS happened, and then that's um, where you witness this tragedy of of this hugely vibrant community slowly dying. And it was so terrible. But what did come out of that was all of the activism. So there was like ACT UP and all of this very like intense grassroots politics that I got very involved in. And I was doing a lot of shows then at the time to um, raise money for AIDS and and for people living with HIV. And so that was a really good, healthy time for politics, for gay politics to to really emerge from. So I'm lucky that I got to witness that and be a part of that. Yeah. Do you think had had AIDS not happened, would – would the gay rights movement have just rocketed forward or because people were less um, less predisposed to become political, perhaps, yeah. we would have just sputtered? I don't know. Sputtered. I don't know. I think it may have um, – it, it could have it gone forward because the gay rights movement still existed, yeah. of course. And in San Francisco in particular with the rise of Harvey Milk and, of course, he was assassinated before – AIDS really was a thing, you right. know, and so he was not part of that. But he had started a, a great movement that I think gained a lot of um, fire and motion and trajectory through AIDS fundraising, AIDS awareness, like mm-hmm. people needing to fight for their right for health care. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm not sure. Um I think that we just learned how to be political, yeah, um, and we learned how to win um, under these very dire straits. And so, I'm not sure. It's it's an interesting thing. Like, what if it never happened? What if yeah, it's yeah. never happened? Where we would be? Yeah, yeah, because it was so weaponized mm-hmm. by the right and yeah. stigmatized by the right, yeah. that it, and that you know that in itself put a fire under us. And it, it's it's weird to imagine what. You know, in a way, I can imagine us being more, like, palatable to the mainstream mm-hmm. if, you know what I mean, if this, like, horrible disease was yeah. not part of the experience. I don't know. It's so hard to know. And it was so weaponized. And it, it was another way that we could use your homophobia as a sort of a, you know, 
uh, like almost like, well, it's a defensive thing. Like I'm just don't want to be sick. It I don't was wanna... justified. Yeah, it right. was justified, and it was that's what made it so terrible. Um, I think that uh, the homophobia that existed too was really about the sort of non-representation of gay people in any way um, in the media. You never saw it, yeah, hardly at all. Which is why it was shocking when that was Olivia Newton-John video came yeah. out because it was just this very casual kind of statement of like, oh well, you know, this is, this is it. Right. Um, so that it was incredible. Um, but yeah, there was no real representation. I mean, of course, you would every once in a while you would have like this sort of stereotypical character um, in there, but you never knew his assignation. Like it was never very clear. Like yeah. Jim J. Bullock, which never you all sort of knew, but you didn't know. Or like Paul Lind, you sort of knew, but you didn't know. Uh-huh. Any a match game. Sure. They were sort of neutered, non-sexual. Yeah. There was a clear yeah. threatening. Queer sensibility, yeah. but just never spoken out loud. I wonder how much longer that would have gone on. Uh-huh. You know? It might have continued. It, yeah. it may, it, it, I don't know. It's, um, it's weird in that holdover. Um, and there was a, a sort of people that are still part of that, I guess, with like Kevin Spacey. Of course, we think about him in different terms now. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, like a gay hero, right? He's a is that <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. a model for how you should live yes. your life. You know, in the Fran Lebowitz documentary uh, from a few years back, yeah, uh, she talks about. You know, we we know how much how AIDS decimated a uh, generation of artists, but what we don't talk about as as much is that it also decimated a generation of audience. Yeah. yeah. You know, so suddenly this crowd that was very clued in in 1978 was like, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. on the ropes yeah. in 1988 yeah. if they were there at all. Yeah. And that was right around the time that you started doing yeah. comedy. Yeah. In San Francisco. In San Francisco. So it was very strange um, to kind of start to come about. But there was like different kinds of these sort of very rogue businesses. Like there was a place called Josie's Juice Joint, which was a comedy club. Um, and they just sold juice. It was like a juice bar. Uh-huh. And uh, they um, were able to kind of get away without sort of having this liquor license and without having an, an audience that um, came as sort of a nightclub audience. These guys were sort of just on newly on AZT and trying to kind of be healthy and survive. And, and uh, so there was all of these different sort of things coming up that – became very big and um you know and that was really exciting it was it was a different time but it was a a, a very exciting time yeah do you remember your first set my first set was actually with um Sam Rockwell she so Sam Rockwell who just won an Oscar uh-huh. um he and I were uh comedy partners we were doing comedy together oh, wow. in this place called the other cafe which was um a comedy club in San Francisco, and uh, we were both probably about fourteen, and wow. uh, we were just like almost like Stiller and Mirror, like we were like this weird comedy duo, and we were doing these little sketches. And he ended up having to uh, move to New York with his mom, um, and uh, we didn't do comedy together again. I, I stayed with it. He, of course, became an actor, uh-huh. but uh, so my first set was actually with him. Wow. Um, and uh, it went very well, actually. Um, and then I, I really got into it. You know, I love stand-up comedy. I was obsessed with Paula Poundstone, mm-hmm. and I would have to just go see her all the time. Um, she was just so good. She's still the best. Still amazing. Yeah, yeah. Still incredible. Still somebody that I just am, am amazed all the time. Um, so, you know, that 
that was really cool, though, just to be around comedy um, in the 80s. It was very chic. It's still kind of chic now. It's still sort of a renaissance now, so it's cool. But yeah. then it was, like, very uh, – it was very hip and, and slick. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Um, so going back to your love life, when did you realize that you were attracted to women as well? I think that that was just always – part of it, you know, and that, yeah. that um, also growing up around gay people, it was just all, like also trying to find your definition of what it is. Um, so many people that I knew when I was young were coming out as trans, they were coming out as bi, they were coming out as um, even asexual, the very, very early beginnings of that. I and mean, if you look at somebody like, even our hero, somebody like Morrissey, yeah. uh-huh. who I, I still like. Uh, I still think he's he's yeah. great, but that sort of brought forth that sort of thing of like you'd be celibate yeah. and be, still be a sex symbol. Yeah. Paula Poundstone identifies yeah. as asexual. She just yeah. she's like I don't like sex. Yeah. Don't like it. I respect it. Don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't. You know that's great. It's you know, not for everybody. It's not for everybody. But that that sort of thing of like um, sort of really defining who you are and 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 figuring it out. Um, it it all was part of that '90s thing, and and um, I love writers like Susie Bright, and I love all of the different kinds of um, writing and like sex positivity in the '90s because like people weren't having um, fluid bonded sex, so they were all looking for different ways to get around it, whether that was BDSM, whether that was dental dams, which didn't last. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was all sorts of different kinds of things. Dams. Yeah. Um, people didn't like it, but uh, it, it's something that is part of the the zeitgeist of sexuality that I came yeah. out of. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, relationship-wise, have you primarily dated men, or have you had relationships both? Both. Yeah. Um, but, you know, in the last, I guess, two, 20 years or so, it's been with men just because it's just that's sort of the way it yeah. sort of planned out. Well, there's um, the connection to Dick and uh-huh. that's where you find it <laughs> and a strong bond but once, you, once you establish it. Yeah, I think it's something that it's like your sexuality definitely um, shifts and also the, – the but then the core of who you are never really changes. And again, it's still the same thing of like it's about the person and not mm-hmm. even about the identity. Um, but then it's, it's like my political life is very much entrenched in the gay community. Yeah. Like everything I do politically and socially and my friends and my family and all of that is definitely queer. And we're just in that. Um, so it's interesting how how much um, nothing changes. You know, where the family is sort of your origin, which is all gay for me. None of that has changed. Yeah, yeah. Being a young, uh, a young person, a young person who is exploring sexuality, like in you know in, in puberty, let's say, mm-hmm. to watch a solid gold and oh. to see a variety <laughs> of dancers in spandex. Mm-hmm. Yes. Was that just? I mean, was that as much of like a glittering future, like like beacon? Yeah. As yeah. it was for me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do I you think, have a favorite? Well, are I you like, a Darcel gal? I like Darcel. Um, I think that uh, I also like Darcel, and I also like the guy that kind of looked like John Travolta. Yeah, there was that weird one that was he could have either been Sean or Nah. Yeah, or <laughs> yeah, he could have been a solid dancer. Or um, all of them were appealing. Um, they, uh, uh, it was great that they had guys. It wasn't like pans people. 
Uh-huh. You know, Top of the Pops, they only had women. It was Pants People and Legs and Co. Uh-huh. So it was all women. <laughs> yeah. But I love the uh, – it was this sort of like writhing mass of bodies. That was the solid gold dance of the spandex, which I, of, of course, love still. Um, and that, But they were all sort of sexualized and together. So it was men and women. I thought that was – it was highly erotic. Yeah. And But, you know, they would have like women dance together and men dance together. And yeah. it was – it was sexually ambiguous in that yeah. way, which I thought was really awesome. It was subversive in, in ways incredibly, that we really yeah. haven't explored. Yeah, incredibly it would, subversive. It would bring out a sexual um, – it would tease sexuality out of a Juice Newton. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like things that, that weren't aggressively sexual yeah. became aggressively sexual. Because you had that sidebar. It was like this Greek chorus of, well, this is the subtext of what's happening uh-huh. in the song. Um, oh, what a time. Which was always – and it's always surprising too like the kind of dance that came out of it because it was a little bit modern, a little bit jazz, a little bit like staying alive. There's sort of a little bit of like that new wave thing that they would do the pony uh-huh. when oh, the yeah. go-go's were on. Um, so, yeah, I love the solid gold dancers. I mean, who You doesn't? know what we, we have never talked about on here is polyamory. Mm. You have your own experiences with the poly community. Yeah, Can you yeah. talk us through that? Um, I think that that's a, it's a very um, interesting thing when people try to do it. Yeah. I, I did it with my marriage um, for many years, and it works if you know what you're doing kind of. But then um, it also becomes really uh, – it, it actually becomes stale, which is weird. Really? There's something about it that, you know, it's like when you're you're constantly searching for this sort of newness and – novelty in sex and there's not real sense of emotional involvement it becomes really like why are we doing this this is not pleasurable for for me anymore or any kind of thing like that without always sort of stalking something and that it's it's kind of like a not a means to an end it, you're just con- con- continually searching and i think that that's i got very tired of it i also i think i outgrew it yeah um i think it works if people are willing to communicate and if you're young and you have that kind of sex drive and um, energy to want to focus on all sorts of different people. Um, I have a good friend now. She uh, is very involved in it, and uh, she's a little older than me, and I, I can't believe that she still, you know, she wants to do it. But yeah. she couldn't do it for because she, she was married for so long. And now she's not, and so that that's it's very appealing for her. She likes that. She likes to, you know, go to Burning Man. And so I, I'm like, I can't. Yeah, that's not I for can't me. do that. <laughs> How did you manage jealousy? I mean, was that ever an issue? No, um, I think that when you do it, you kind of, well, it depends. Like, I think um, it's set up so that if you're jealous, it's it's really shameful to be jealous. That's right. the one thing that you can't be. And if you are jealous, it's like, you know, people are very condescending about it. Like, you, you, you can't bring that energy into it. And then you kind of get used to not, not being jealous. Um, I don't think I could do it now. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that... Uh, it, I look back and I'm like, I don't regret it, but I, I don't think that it was that, that fulfilling for me. Yeah. You know, but it's, it's interesting. It's an interesting way to sort of define yourself and to do relationships. Yeah. And you just had to have a, a structured set of rules and kind and of overly over communicate about everything. Yeah, which is so tiresome too. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, also it helps have a really big house. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. sure. <laughs> Where you can't hear what's happening in any part of the house, which I, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I, I think it's like if you, you have to constantly negotiate emotional boundaries yeah. and 
what constitutes which relationship, which one is primary, which one is going to take precedence, if it takes precedence, what nights of the week are okay, or once, which ones are no-fly zones, or stuff. It's very yeah. – it's it's so annoying. It sounds like a lot of – I mean, so I'm, also, I'm a jealous bitch. Every, mm-hmm. Our listeners know this. <laughs> my boyfriend <laughs> is yeah. like a – like a half step out of my league, I'd say. And I'm not being self-deprecating. I'm just like shaking stay, my giving you a, an idea. Um, and so I would be overcome with jealous rage. I'd kill some people. Yeah. yeah. I would feel the same way. Yeah, my, my boyfriend's out of my league too. He's like <laughs> significantly younger than me and way, way better looking uh, than no. I know. But I mean he really is. So it's really funny because it's – actually, he's so gorgeous. Everybody thinks that I'm his manager. <laughs> oh, no one thinks that. No, no one thinks that Margaret no. Cho has transitioned I, to management. Uh, management. I'm in management. I'm like Sue Mangers now. I'm a <laughs> power manager. No, but uh, it's but it's it, when it, it when you are uh, with somebody else who's very very attractive and you can feel other people's attraction to them, yeah. it's quite a threatening place to be. You know, and and it, you know, it, it's it's you get really jealous. Yeah. I get very jealous and enraged. And the younger thing that that immediately, yeah. make, I'm, my my I'm, my heart is racing a little bit. Imagine. Yeah, yeah. That's... When they're younger and and they they sort of, I mean, it's just it's so scary. But then you know, that's just just it's just a testament to how attractive you are. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. oh, you know, hey, I got something going. I got it going on. Yeah. So it's all right. You got power. Yes. Yes. He's a lucky guy. <laughs> He's he a is. lucky guy. He is. Um, I mean, have we covered it? What what uh, what do you think? But what do you think marriage looks like for you? Uh, you know, once you go to Vegas and get um, that Elvis impersonator, I think it, it's probably going to be the same as it it does now. Um, you know, we'll just uh, hang out. We like to cook. Um, we like to watch TV. Uh-huh. Um, almost through Mindhunter, Ooh. which I think is really good. Yeah. Um, every time I watch that, though, I'm like Jonathan. Gro- I want Jonathan Gross to come out. I do too. He's so gay. It's, he is. It's he's so, so odd cute. seeing him have sex with. A I know, woman. and it's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, he's gonna come out, right? Yes, but I'm also <laughs> like afraid. I, and then I, I, I try to like tamp down that opinion because I'm like, but we want gay actors to be able to play other roles. I know, and this is the thing. But which he's great at. He's great. He's, he's a, great yeah. in it. He's. It's a great show too. And I'm very. I like all of that. All of the storyline. I remember the, reading John Douglas's book about all of this stuff. So I'm appreciative that there was a series that sort of de- developed yeah. about around all it. But um, yeah, he and he should be able to play straight characters. It's oh. not that he's doing a bad no, job. No, it's just a, our. It's our relationship to him to as his audience because of it's who, all very who new. he is. It's like Matt yeah. Bomer, exactly. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. you, you know, but he also does a lot of gay. Gay stuff mm-hmm. in his in the you know his herb, so it, yeah. But I think I, I I think that show is really good. Yeah. But I want him to come out. But that's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> so marriage mostly means mind hunter. Yeah. And cooking. That's well, the yeah, dream. it's like yeah. Netflix and chill, like to the nth uh, degree. You know that kind of common sort of living common ground of like all of the memories that you've shared. I think that's that's really special. That's beautiful. It's oh, beautiful. Good luck. Mazel tov. Mazel tov. Thank you. This was a dream come true. Thank you so oh, much. Thank Margaret, you. thank you so much for being here. Of course. Thank Excited you. to see you for, uh, what was the name of our uh, live Bruce Bachelor Bruce show? Daniels, the the uh, the Bruce Bachelor. Yeah. yeah. The Bruce Alert. The Bruce, <laughs> Bruce Alert. The Bruce Bachelor. We're on it. Yes. Uh, title, TBD. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank you so much, Margaret. Thank you. Well, Margaret Cho, 
is the greatest. Oh, my God. It's confirmed. What a bucket list moment for us. Mm -hmm. It was great. Thank you, Margaret, for being here. Thank you, Bruce Daniels. We're coming for you. You know that's right. Um, Thank you, everybody at Earwolf. Thank you, Dana and Colin and Ryan and all those motherfuckers. That's right. Ben Wise for the music. Yes. Uh, You with the headphones. Thank you for for joining us. Thank you for taking this journey with us. Guys, we'll see you next week with Isis King. Great cooking, the the way that I like to do, mm-hmm. uh, is part art and part science. You always say that. Yes, I always do. Jules sous vide takes care of the science. It cooks meat, fish, poultry to perfection with precise temperature control. So I can just do the art. Yes. I can just express myself through my food the way that I like. Jewel is perfect food every time. And to get yours, visit chefsteps.com slash Jewel. Use the code homophilia to get $15 off for a limited time. What are you waiting for? That's chefs. Chefsteps.com slash J-O-U-L-E code homophilia. My memory is a mess. More and more stuff's coming back. Came here because I was running. Fucking. Running from myself. Fucking, please. But I'm not going to run again. No, 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 no. I'm one of the good guys. Killing is a sin, isn't it? So I'm a sinner. All right. Marvel and Stitcher present Wolverine The Long Night. Out now, only on Stitcher Premium. For one month free, go to wolverinepodcast.com and use promo code MARVEL. This has been an Earwolf production. Executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Chris Bannon, and Colin Anderson. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Hey, this is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season 3 has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, Season 3 is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Fake nuts. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, Yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. (laughs) Jesus. I mean, (laughs) Jazos. Ruler of the Eighth Circle. And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.